This is the Savvy Philanthropist Podcast. My name's Kirk. We are a financial planning podcast for people who want to do philanthropy well. Whether you're a donor trying to do some good in the world, or you're a development officer trying to connect resources with the people who need them, this podcast is all about how to navigate our U.S. legal and financial system in order to make the greatest philanthropic impact you can. This is episode 19. What goes up might just avoid taxes. Before we get into today's topic, I want to flag a bit of legal news that was reported in the Wall Street Journal several weeks ago. In 2014, a woman named Martha Albrecht donated a large collection of Native American artifacts to a local museum. She had them properly appraised per IRS regulations, and so she took a $464,000 charitable deduction on her taxes that year. It wasn't long before the IRS challenged the deduction and took her to court. It turns out that the museum forgot to give her a receipt with some legally required language on it. Specifically, the tax code requires a taxpayer to have an acknowledgement from a charity that affirmatively states that, quote, no goods or services were received in exchange for this gift, end quote, in order to take a charitable deduction. Take a look at the last charitable acknowledgement you got, and you'll see this language on it. But in any event, the museum failed to give Mrs. Albrecht a receipt with that language on it, and the IRS flagged it. The IRS claimed that since she did not have the legally required receipt, her charitable deduction was invalid and they disallowed it. Mrs. Albrecht tried to fight back, and the U.S. tax court just issued its opinion, which was what made the news. The decision was that the court confirmed the IRS's position. In other words, Mrs. Albrecht's deduction was disallowed for failure to have that required receipt. That means she had to pay taxes on just about an extra half million dollars. Ouch. I only mention this story as a little reminder that following the rules in the world of charitable giving matters. Go back and listen to episodes 9 and 10 for more on that if you'd like a refresher. If you're a donor, make sure you listen to your tax advisor. If you're a charity, make sure you're doing everything you should to make sure your donors are protected. With that bit of rather depressing news out of the way, let's get to the topic of today's episode. Namely, making charitable gifts with appreciated securities. This might seem like an odd time to talk about high-flying stocks since the stock market has just fallen about 20% since its highs from a year ago, but it's really important to bear in mind that we've seen one of the longest bull markets in U.S. history in the last couple decades, so there are still plenty of gains in stocks that have been held for a while. But that's getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Let me back up and define what we're talking about a little bit. What are appreciated securities? Well, when we talk about securities, we're talking about stocks and bonds and things like that. For the purposes of today's discussion, we're talking about the ones that are publicly traded. We'll talk about privately traded ones next week. So if you or your donor has a brokerage or other trading account, then you've got the sorts of securities that we're talking about today. One more crucially important caveat, however. We are definitely not talking about IRAs, 401ks, or other retirement accounts. Yes, those accounts hold securities, but they have a totally different tax structure from what we're talking about here. You'd better believe that we'll get to how those fit into charitable giving in due course. They're actually super helpful. But that's not today. Today we're talking about regular old trading accounts that hold stocks and bonds. So that's the securities part. But what about the appreciated part? All that means is that we're talking about stocks and bonds that are worth more today than the day they were bought. In other words, their value has appreciated. To explain how these can be a powerful tool in charitable giving, I need to briefly explain how those securities are generally taxed. First, the price appreciation in a marketable security is only taxed if you sell the security. There are occasionally legislative suggestions floating around Congress to change that rule, but for right now, and for the last several decades, that's the rule. 
So what happens if you sell an appreciated security? Let me give you an example. Imagine you bought one share of Tesla stock back on September 1, 2019. On that day, one share of Tesla was worth $16.06, so that's what you spent. Well, today that share of Tesla is worth $275.33. Nice. But now you want to give some money to charity, so you're going to sell that share of stock and give the proceeds to your favorite nonprofit. In that scenario, you'll have to pay tax on the difference between the current price of the stock and the price you originally paid for it. In this case, that'll be $259.27. That amount, that difference, is called a capital gain, and the tax involved is called the capital gains tax. For high earners, the capital gains tax can be as high as 20%. So in this case, you'd have to pay $51.85 in tax. That leaves only $223.48 to go to the charity. And by the way, that's all the deduction you get too. So you paid capital gains tax, and you also got a reduced tax deduction. Not ideal. But here's where I tell you that there is a better way. That better way lets you take a charitable deduction for the full value of your stock, and it also lets you completely avoid the capital gains tax. So it's a double tax benefit. That better way is pretty simple. Instead of selling the stock and giving the proceeds to charity, minus the tax of course, you can simply donate the stock itself to the charity. In our example above, you would get a tax deduction for the full value of the Tesla stock, namely the full $275.33, but you also would never have to pay the capital gains tax since you never sold the stock. The charity ultimately sells the stock, but a charity doesn't pay capital gains tax, so no tax gets paid anywhere. Very cool. And that's all there is to it. A donor can get an excellent tax outcome by donating appreciating, appreciated stock to a charity rather than giving cash. And meanwhile, the charity gets a larger gift to help support its work. Let me add a couple of thoughts to that very handy outcome. First, in order for this to work, a charity obviously has to have some sort of brokerage account which can accept the in-kind transfer of marketable securities. If you're a charity, make sure you have one of those. If you're a donor, make sure you ask your local charity for transfer instructions when you're ready to make this kind of donation. Second, some donors don't want to make gifts of stock because they still want to own the stock. Well, that's actually no problem. The donor should donate the stock to get the tax benefits, but then just turn around and use the cash he or she would otherwise have given to the charity to buy new shares in the same stock. The donor ends up with the same stock as before, but with a much higher purchase price, which will save the donor capital gains tax on any future sale. Third, the simple technique should be a regular part of most significant gift conversations. Any donor who has decided to make a substantial charitable gift should consider doing this. And any organization that hears about a substantial gift from a donor should offer this idea to the donor. It's really kind of a no-brainer for donors who have appreciated stock of some sort. The tax benefits are quite substantial, especially as the numbers get larger. In fact, the only party who loses in this simple giving technique is the IRS, and that leaves more money to accomplish the good work that we're all trying to support. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. If you know other people who might find this podcast worthwhile, please share it on your social media platform of choice. And if you're feeling particularly generous, a rating or review for the show on whatever podcast service you use would really help to get the word out about the show. You can find The Savvy Philanthropist on the internet at thesavvyphilanthropist.net. You can find me on LinkedIn at the link below in the show notes. And you can follow me on Twitter, where I am at Ross Plan. Lastly, if you have any ideas, suggestions, or helpful insights, feel free to email me at thesavvyphilanthropist at gmail.com. That's it for episode 19. Thanks for listening.
Next week, we'll talk about appreciated securities again, but it will be the privately held kind. This technique still works, but there are a few more steps. Until then, remember, do well, then do good, but always be savvy.